New evidence indicates Pope John Paul II protected predator priests, which is why traditional Catholics warned against fast-track canonization 12 years ago. Plus, Mayor Adams prepares to ban beef and track credit card purchases in the People's Republic of New York. Finally, Chicago under fire. Walmart closes four stores, and Chicago's Cardinal Supich says what we need is less Eucharistic adoration and more gun buyback programs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. You know, I wanted to thank all of you for weighing in as you do every week on this program. And I wanted to start off tonight's program by telling you how much it means to be able to get your input, to get your comments on what we're trying to do here. And out of respect for the fact that you're paying attention to what we're trying to do, I wanted to say something just to start things off about this idea of what do we do? People say, okay, you're coming out here every week and you're informing us and you know, you're talking about the things that are happening in the world. What can we do? So I come from a family of journalists. My whole point is to raise awareness of what's going on. That's what I'm doing through video, through, through, through newspapers. We come out every two weeks with a newspaper, right? That's what we're doing. And then what we're going to do with the information is something that we're going to, is an ongoing discussion. Because if I didn't believe that through the process of informing, we could actually make a difference and we might even be able to change what right now seems pretty inevitable, I wouldn't bother doing this. I'm not interested, as I've said so many times, in a show that's point and purpose is to sensationalize or to freak you out or to, you know, just make you panic and afraid. My whole agenda is so positive, friends. And we got this sharp pilgrimage coming up, for example, we've been talking about lately. Friends, there are going to be 20,000 people gathering together in France, marching in fealty and dedication and devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and letting the whole church know that we're simply not going to comply with what's happening. We will not sit back and let them destroy everything that we hold sacred, everything that we would die for. Well, that's happening in less about in about a month, where there's even the American chapter this year is going to be close to 500 people. We've had to start several new chapters. There's been so much interest in that, and that, friends, is doing something, right? And I want to talk about this tonight. Because there are still people, for example, we talk a lot about this Great Reset, which is happening, friends, all around us right now. I don't enjoy talking about it, but everywhere you look, you can see that it's happening. You remember that, that the, the, who was that lady, Walter, from the, from, well, you wouldn't know, you're too young, from the old uh, Wendy's commercial. You can pull that up. Where's the beef? It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Indeed. Where's the beef? So YouTube cracked down on this show on the Remnant Underground a couple years ago because we did videos on Davos that struck out into the millions of views and they've been after us ever since. Why? Because we raised awareness. We did a, we did a good job raising awareness about what Davos, what the lunatics of, da of Davos, what the World Economic Forum is all about. So two years ago in one of those videos, you'll remember this, we talked about Bill Gates <laughs> banning cows because of the bovine fart threat to the climate, to the world, to the planet. Remember this? And everybody laughed. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And friends, I'm here to tell you because, again, this is, these people are serious. It's not a joke. And last week in New York City, everybody stopped laughing. Uh, it is easy to talk about 
uh, emissions that are coming from vehicles and how it impacts our carbon footprint. It is easy to talk about the emissions that's coming from buildings and how it impacts our environment, uh, but we now have to talk about beef. So the mayor of New York City is partnering with American Express with your credit card. Always been an evil company, by the way. You're partnering with your with your credit card company to track the food you're going to buy in order to determine whether or not you're a threat to the planet. I always say we have two mothers. One gives birth to us, the other sustains us, and we have been destroying the one that sustains us uh, based on the food that we have been consuming. I'm excited to announce that for the first time in our city's history, we're measuring just how much of an impact our food choices have on our emissions. First time we're doing this. We work with the C40 Cities uh, Climate Leadership Group, and I want to take my hat off to a great corporate uh, partner, American Express. Oh, got a question for you. Walter, what, what do you think? Does that look like democracy in action to you? Not so much. Not, he, he seems angry, doesn't he? Just yeah, he's really ticked off. And I don't know if people are really ready for this conversation. And we can't have a level of hypocrisy where we want to ensure that we do local laws to address the emissions that's come from uh, fossil fuel, but not willing to have a real conversation on what food is doing to us. So those of you who are still thinking this is about democracy, we talk about Joe Biden wanting to go over to Ukraine to defend democracy. Well, we don't have democracy here in, in our country anymore. It's gone. Clearly, nobody in, in New York is voting to get rid of steaks and hamburgers. And of course, over in the EU, in Brussels, they're talking about getting rid of rice. And this is, this is the, 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 the phony, the bully, the militantly you know, anti-human agenda that they have. They're going to go after rice to save the planet? Well, everybody knows rice is a staple of not millions, but billions of people, especially poor people in third world countries. They're gonna take their rice away? How's that gonna work? Are we just gonna have a lot of people dying then? when they can no longer either farm rice or eat rice, sell rice, they're just gonna take it away to save the planet because it causes damage to the ozone layer. You gotta to get to a point here, friends, where if people are gonna suffer like that, I'm sorry, what a, if this were on the up and up, the answer would be, sorry, we can't stop climate change, it's gonna to have to burn up. But we're gonna feed the people until that happens because at this point, we're all doing okay. We're not seeing anything burning up. Polar bears are fine. Polar bears have adopted just fine, adapted just fine to what's going on up there, by the way, right? Let the people eat. The conversation should not be about should we have stale pizza or not in our schools. We should be talking about should we be having pizza at all that is not healthy. Whoever controls the food controls the world. That's what we're talking about here. Lunatical, demonically possessed freaks. And so you naturally turn to the adults in the room. You turn to your spiritual, your moral leaders. You turn to your church, for example. We turn to our Pope in Rome. And what do we find? Pope Francis praised the concrete commitments young people have made to care for humanity's common home. He explained how urgent it is to reduce consumption not only of fossil fuels, but of many superfluous things, and said that in certain parts of the world, it would be advisable to consume less meat. Now, doesn't that just strike you as strange? He's supposed to be the vicar of Christ, right? 
His job is to call humanity back to penitence, back to the Lord, back to the scriptures, back to saving their souls, right? And instead, he's telling everybody to stop eating meat, just like Bill Gates is, just like the mayor of New York is, just like Klaus Schwab is, right? No matter what the globalist agenda is, Francis is right there to support it. As is his friend now, his close collaborator and ally, the Prince of Wales, soon to be the King of Wales, who from the beginning has been telling us, not in a conspiratorial whispered sense, but making great giant statements that COVID was the great opportunity, right? To reset the world. You remember? Over the past month or so, despite the ongoing crisis, I've been encouraged to see the growing calls for a green recovery. We, start, we need only look to the United Nations Secretary General, to the IMF, uh, the EU, the Petersburg Climate Dialogue, the Canadian government, the COP26 universities network, and business leaders around the world to see this. And as we move from rescue to recovery, therefore we have a unique but rapidly shrinking window of opportunity to learn lessons and reset ourselves on a more sustainable path. And I guess, despite all the fact, all the trouble that the Church of England has had with the Vatican and with Rome and with the Pope over the past 500 years, I guess this holy cause of climate change and saving the world from people, I guess that's going to reunite the royal resetter with Rome. The upcoming coronation of King Charles III will feature a personal gift from Pope Francis, a relic of the true cross. The cross was blessed by the Archbishop of Wales. <coughs> the Archbishop of Wales, who's a huge promoter of gay marriage, by the way, in the Church of England. What we hold sacred and holy, the things that we would die for being treated as trivial parts of a global agenda that has nothing to do with the true cross. Nothing to do with Christ. He's eliminated from the Great Reset, isn't he? And yet his, the true cross on which Christ redeemed the world will be propped up at the coronation of King Charles to be serenaded by one Katie I Kissed a Girl Perry. Katy Perry, who was appointed as an ambassador to the British Asian Trust in 2020 by King Charles, will be lighting up the stage with a performance. And I guess that makes sense. We did a show on that a few years ago where Katy Perry, after having scandalized millions of 10-year-olds with her song about lesbianism, right, and other things that she's done. I don't know. I didn't even know she was still around. Last I saw her, she was twitching oh, from the... Not. Yeah, not, not, really, not really in good shape. But she's being brought in once again, just as she was a few years ago, to the Vatican to, as an expert on transcendental meditation at one of Pope Francis's coffee. You can't make it up. Happy Saturday, everyone. I'm here in Rome at the Vatican. And meanwhile, while all of this is going on, and you have this woke church and woke political establishment, the devil is becoming extremely popular these days. Out in Boston right now, this week, you've got devil worshipers who've just sold out their conference in, in Boston in the name of serving and praising their Lord Lucifer. Uh, 
Hey, you know my opinion on those nuts, you know, a bunch of morons playing heavy metal music, getting drunk and probably puking on each other. I'm not too terribly taking their, their theology seriously here, but think about, think about what it means, what it portends for the society in which we live. And, and most specifically, that in Boston, Satanists have nothing to fear. In Boston is one of the oldest Catholic dioceses in the U.S. <laughs> and the Church of Accompaniment can do nothing to stop this, despite her rich Catholic past. High atop Bunker Hill, across the street from the monument of the same name, peeking up above the neighboring buildings, stands St. Francis de Sales. It's Boston's oldest Catholic church in continuous service. It's been here 160 years. I hope it's here another 160. It is a magnificent community of people, faith-filled people, regardless of religious denomination. We're sort of isolated, so we sort of stick together. That strong sense of community is not strong enough, however, to completely shield St. Francis from the same struggle Catholic churches across the country are facing, declines in attendance. It is all gone. This has nothing to do with rad trads, preferring Latin masses. I mean, we really have to think about what's happened to the Catholic Church, that it's powerless, not only to stop, you know, convention center <laughs> worship ceremonies of Satan, but that they have after-school programs now all across the country, Satan clubs, that the Catholic Church has so lost any influence, she's powerless to even protect kids. There are new plans for an after-school Satan club, and it's for elementary school students. Local Satanic Temple in the Boston area wants to open up this program in four cities. Some say it's a publicity stunt, but what organizers told Fox 25's Catherine Burcham this isn't being done for shock value. If you were to try to come up with a, you know, maybe a plot for a novel about the satanic takeover of society, of the world, well, other than what we're seeing here, what would you even add? Everything that's happening would fit perfectly into your narrative. See? And of course, all of it is intentional. Francis, what's Francis's job? Who knows? What's he doing over there? Who knows? He evidently was installed to make a mockery of the moral authority of Christ's church. <laughs> he clearly cares more about climate change than he does about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, friends. We cannot for one second get used to any of this. And Francis didn't start it. You know that, right? It's been coming for a long, long time. Francis did not start it. Francis is the logical consequence. He was inevitable. Everybody knew a Francis was going to come eventually in the church. Even Pope John Paul II right now, God rest his soul, he's back in the news and not in a pleasant way. The legacy of a historic figure is being called into question. A new book claims Pope John Paul II helped conceal child abuse by priests while he was Archbishop of Krakow. Maxima Culpa was written by a Dutch investigative journalist who reportedly claims to have found documents proving priests confessed to sexually abusing children to the future Pope. Now this, this story is all over the place, especially in Europe, and it's not gonna go away. And in fairness, <laughs> It's not like as if this was new. Tonight, an explosive Vatican report revealing Pope John Paul II knew about extensive sexual abuse allegations regarding adults and minors against Theodore McCarrick, but still promoted him to Archbishop and then Cardinal. That and this.
Despite allegations he abused dozens of boys, the founder of the Legionaries of Christ, Father Marciel Maciel, was a favorite of Pope John Paul II and other Vatican officials. Now, there are good people who are in the streets, especially in Poland, protesting this, because of course the left is having a field day, of course the media is having a field day, but the damage is already done. The immediate reason for the march was the attack on St. John Paul II. TVN television and Dutch journalist Eke Overbeck, using Soviet sources without the obligatory critical analysis, accused the Polish Pope of covering up pedophilia in the Kraków Church. So, let's think about that for a second. <laughs> Who's telling the truth here? And I see this is just the problem. Who knows? But the reality is, he did not have to be a rocket scientist to see that this was coming to see that that whole rushed canonization process eventually would be used by the, by the enemies of the church, not only to undermine the particular person being canonized way too fast, but also the whole process itself, the very idea of sanctity, the very idea of saints becoming a joke, equity and inclusion, right? Just go ahead and canonize everybody, especially every post-conciliar pope. Everybody's a saint, nobody's a saint, everything's flat. Equity and inclusion in the Catholic Church. Of course that was coming that they would go after him eventually. I mean, I was on TV wherever I could possibly be, even up in Canadian TV, warning against this 12 years ago. The beatification of Pope John Paul II is the fastest on record, coming just six years after his death. And there are those who criticize the speed of, uh, to, uh, of all of this because of John Paul II's handling of the sex abuse scandal within the church. Do you have concerns about that? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think this, the rushed, the fast tracking of the beatification in a sense, is an attempt to preempt history's verdict on, on Pope John Paul's reign, on his pontificate. Because it, 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 whether he was aware of all of the ins and outs of the sex scandal or not, he certainly should have been. But let's say that he wasn't. For some reason, he was kept out of the loop. This, again, is something that history is going to look at, that the non-Catholic world is going to look at. And I think five, ten years down the line, we're going to be seeing a a lot of suspicion about this process, a lot of skepticism, and I and us and those who, 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 are, who, are, who are concerned about this would like to see this process slowed way down. Well, let, me, let me be clear, friends. I'm not trying to pile on Pope John Paul II, God rest his soul. My point here is that <laughs> we brought this upon ourselves, friends. The whole Church of Accompanying, Church of Vatican II, whatever, what are they doing? They try to go out and meet the world. Instead, the world is rolling over the church like a bulldozer, like Klaus Schwab's tsunami, just taking the church right out. The Vatican's own insane policies are responsible for this. The cover-ups, the sex cover-ups that are ongoing are responsible for this. And yes, the insanely rushed canonizations are discrediting the Catholic Church worldwide, which is why... Is what I mean when I say it's intentional. They should have waited. It took 400 years to canonize St. Thomas More, who lost his head for the church, for the faith. 400 years. And now they're just rushing the whole process, making a mockery of that too. And what happens, friends, when that process is complete and the last vestiges of the old Catholic church, the moral authority, spiritual authority, what happens when it's gone? And Christ is gone. And nobody takes Christianity seriously at all. What happens?
chase them to do what they chase them to be doing. And you can't control that. There are not enough police in the world to take care of a problem like this. <gasps> and now they're being encouraged. This street violence, this insane skyrocketing breakdown of law and order is being encouraged by globalists. They're using it, of course, it's on purpose. George Soros, guys like Biden standing up there, white supremacy is to blame. What white supremacy? He's the leader of the country. He should be trying to heal the country, not pointing fingers at some phantom white supremacy and encouraging kids living in the hood who got very little to live for anyway. They're desperate, their families are broken, and the leader of the country is saying, yeah, you might want to go out in the street and take a few white people out. And he claims to be a Catholic as does Pope Francis, who's over there in Rome, watching my city burn to the ground a couple years ago. And he calls the folks who are burning down cop shops in Minneapolis, he calls them Good Samaritans, remember? ¿Saben lo que me viene a la mente a mí ahora, junto a los movimientos populares, cuando pienso en el buen samaritano? ¿Saben lo que me viene a la mente? Las protestas por la muerte de George Floyd. Good Samaritans? There's no call from the spiritual leader of the Catholic Church, no call for repentance, no call to forgive, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the, that's the rule, that's the revolutionary idea that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came to give us. And Francis doesn't think to remind rioters in the streets to forgive. At best, he tells kids, He's been doing this since the beginning of his pontificate to go out in those streets and make a mess. Pope Francis met with thousands of young people in Paraguay and like he did in Brazil two years ago, asked them to make a mess. Make a mass. People say, well, he didn't mean uh, violence. He meant uh, disrupt uh, something to do with uh, spirituality, whatever. I don't know what he means. Those kids don't know what he means. And the reality is we now have a monumental mess on our hands in inner city America. And the Pope, cardinals, bishops, priests, <laughs> they got nothing. Skyrocketing crime so bad now that even Walmart is pulling out. Walmart! You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. Andy, Andy. One single and abrupt announcement, the nation's largest retailer appears to have sunk four Chicago neighborhoods deeper into a food desert. This Walmart belongs to us. And that's where we're fighting to make sure that corporate America gets the point that without a client, without us, there is no corporate America. Others went so far as to call the decision corporate racism. Walmart is racist because their employees are endangered and because they're losing millions and millions of dollars of inventory that's stolen in inner city America. 
Caught on security cameras, violent, loud, and dangerous fights inside this Walmart. Police say multiple customers, women and men, fought in the packed store's front entrance, attacked each other with objects, threw glass items, and sprayed fire extinguishers. What happens if this can't be reined in? Who's going to rein it in, first of all? It's not going to be the Pope, not this one. Who's going to rein it in? Where are the adults? Where are the statesmen? Anybody got a plan here? Because if it isn't reined in, well, then the global police surveillance state that we've been warning against down here for years is going to be the only way, right? And maybe that's the whole point. Maybe that's what's going on here, destabilizing cities on purpose so that a new global police state can be reimagined. Seems likely. And meanwhile, the Catholic Church is encouraging it. Catholic priests down in Chicago engaging in outright race baiting. Walmart said these stores are closing because they've never made any money. Well, how come Jewel and other agencies stay in our communities and they make money? They talk about theft. Please, Walmart, stop using that stereotype that the communities and the black community is always about theft putting that stereotype on the people who live here and on the community. Bring us some data. I don't know if it's still the case, but I think Father Michael Flager might be the most famous Catholic priest in Chicago. Really? Well, I can't think who else it would be. This was the clown, by the way, who rolled out the red carpet and danced on it, along with Lori Lightfoot and her, her wife, or her husband. Her wife, her wife, yeah, remember this. Remember, he's still in good standing. He's still doing whatever he's doing. Cardinal Supic, the Cardinal Archbishop of the Windy City, he shut down the Catholic priests who are celebrating the Latin Mass, who are reinforcing the moral authority of the Church, the Ten Commandments, who actually may have been able to do something in those neighborhoods that would have helped. You remember, like in the waterfront, you got Carl Malden out there representing Christ in the midst. You want to know what's wrong with our waterfront? It's the love of a lousy buck. It's making love of a buck, the cushy job, more important than the love of man. It's forgetting that every fella down here is your brother in Christ. But remember, Christ is always with you. Christ is in the shape up, he's in the hatch, he's in the unit, he's kneeling right here beside Dugan. Well, those guys down in Chicago were canceled by Cardinal Supic. In other words, the Catholic Church, under the leadership of Pope Francis, in Chicago is providing no moral guidance whatsoever. And law and order continues to collapse. Our civilization is collapsing right before our eyes. There's no point to that. Nobody's benefiting. What you're seeing instead is civilization unraveling. Cardinal Supic, his answer is to cancel the prayer to St. Michael. Well, I'll get into his, his thing because it's, 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 com it's complex. For those of you who are, who are not Catholic, the prayer to St. Michael is basically a powerful prayer of exorcism to exorcise the devil from our midst. It goes back, dates back to 1886, 
after celebrating his mass, Pope Leo XIII, the great Leo XIII, had sort of a vision where he heard voices of the devil talking about destroying the Catholic Church. And he was so shook by what he saw that it prompted him to write the prayer to St. Michael, the archangel, which he then ordered to be prayed at every mass in the world from then on. After the mass was over, he had the Leonine prayers, which included this prayer to St. Michael. We pray it every Sunday at our mass, our traditional Latin mass. But for some reason, God knows why. Here's what happened to the prayer of St. Michael in the city of Chicago. Following the directive of Cardinal Supish, we want to remind everyone that the prayer uh, to St. Michael is not to be said publicly following Mass. This devotional prayer may be recited privately while being respectful of others in the church. Okay? You tell me, friends, what kind of a priest, what kind of a bishop, what kind of a cardinal in 2022, last year, why, would, would shut that down? Who would tell such a priest and such congregants, such faithful people, try to enlist heavenly aid against the devil? Tell them all to shut the hell up. And then in 2022, he canceled the Latin masses in his archdiocese. And then in 2023, he preemptively banned exposition of the Blessed Sacrament during next year's National Eucharistic Pilgrimage Across America. You wear this one? No, that's terrible. Why? That's his latest thing. He says, according to Supich, emphasis on the adoration of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament could, and I'm quoting, distract from the importance of the Mass. <laughs> that makes no sense. No, I, again, I, <laughs> I'm totally lost. If you, if other than a very evil explanation, I can't come up with a, a practical explanation at all. This, this, this Eucharistic pilgrimage is organized by the American Catholic bishops, Father Bishop Cousins, a great holy bishop, you know, with the full authority of the conference, is organizing a pilgrimage to try to bring people back to our Lord. And Supich says, not on my watch, not in the Windy City. You tell me what's going on there. May the most favorable auspices, big fortune, and great profit be to you throughout the whole year, from the beginning all the way to the end. I don't know what that is, but clearly Supich is performing a ritual <laughs> of pagan origin, right? And he's vested to celebrate Mass for the Lunar New Year for some reason. He's doing that. I guess that, that, uh, that elevates the importance of the Mass. And speaking of Lunars... May Almighty God bless us today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Mass never ends. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord and each other. Is this priest, does he look to you like he understands the importance of the Mass? Cardinal Sopich, you got anything to say about this guy? Or is it just the Latin Mass priest that you need to shut down pronto, right away? He's one of your priests, Eminence. And then maybe, then again, you, you're a busy guy. I know you are. You didn't have time to do anything about Father Guitar there because you had other things on your mind. 
like disarming the faithful in Chicago. Of Chicago, Cardinal Blaise Supich is challenging elected officials, faith communities, and businesses to take a stand against gun violence. Later this month, the Waukegan Police Department is co-sponsoring a gun buyback event. Supich and Bishop Jeffrey Grob have pledged to sponsor 100 gun buybacks, and they are urging others to make similar pledges to ensure that those events are successful. That's pretty much your church of accompaniment in a nutshell. <laughs> Empty churches, predator priests, ban Latin masses, and a gun buyback program. A woke eminence. <laughs> All of these policies, of course, leave the flock utterly defenseless against the world, the flesh, and the devil. They pulled the presence of Christ in the church out, the moral authority of the church out. You got chaos, you got people killing each other right and left, and the, and the, and the Catholic church, the shepherds down in Chicago, <sighs> rather than trying to bring the flock back to Christ, are trying to disarm fathers and mothers or, you know, trying to protect their kids in streets where people are getting shot to the tune of 30, 40, 50 people a weekend. And Supich says, well, we gotta, we gotta disarm the law-abiding citizens. You see, these emasculated shepherds, look what they did. Over the past couple of years, they groveled at the feet of Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and the cult of the green. <laughs> They locked us out of our churches. They took away our sacraments. They let old people die in nursing homes without the benefit of a priest. And then they demanded that we all get vaccinated. They demanded that we vaccinate our children. I talked about that last time with McElroy, right? Not even allowing for religious exemptions. So in, <laughs> eager were they to carry water for the enemies, the mortal enemies of God and man, the builders of this demonic new world order. My name is Scott Jones, and I am the director of Our Lady of Victory School. We were founded in 1977 and are the oldest Catholic homeschool program in the United States. Our Lady of Victory School was founded in response to a number of parents who were concerned with the negative influences their children were experiencing in Catholic and public schools. Our accredited program is founded on the traditional practice of the faith. With the Solid Traditional Religion program, published before 1960, and other textbooks used by major homeschool programs and parochial schools, parents can have the peace of mind knowing they are using a sound and trustworthy curriculum. Whether you are a first-time homeschooler or a veteran with years of homeschooling experience behind you, Our Lady of Victory is here to help you. Homeschooling is the best option for your children to receive a quality education and save their souls. So welcome to the homeschool community and thank you for choosing Our Lady of Victory School. Yeah, it's another casualty of all this. We should do a show on that at some point. Whatever happened to the Catholic schools? Oh my gosh. Forming generations of leaders in politics and business and Pillars of the community, you know, all those nuns just gone, you know, to the parents have to retreat. <laughs> Cardinal Supich, we have to retreat into our homes to give a, a, a Christian, a Catholic education to our children, thanks to your policies and the policies of the Pope Francis and the policies of the Church of Accompaniment, right? And there has to be accountability, you know, there just has to be. I hold you accountable, your excellencies, your eminence, your holiness. We hold you as parents accountable 
for the fact that we can't even go to Catholic schools anymore. We can't attend them because our children will lose the faith there. We hold you accountable for the fact that the place, the church where I was baptized, I cannot go in there now with my children without worrying they're going to lose the faith thanks to your policies, thanks to what you've done to the Mass. I'm just a sheep. I'm not a theologian. But I know when my children are going to lose the faith. And you're orchestrating it. You're facilitating that loss of faith. And as I just said, over the past few years, you're endangering their lives. Giving them untested, not even vaccines, untested things. We're running stories over at the Remnant newspaper right now. Governments, even our own. The FDA moving away now from the same protocols they had before. Because there are so many problems. Where were you, your excellencies? You never thought to check on it? You never thought to do some research? You just came out and ordered me and my children and millions of American Catholics to become guinea pigs of Bill Gates. And you wonder why we're just a little bit upset with the way you're running our church right now. You should thank God anybody is left in your churches after what you did. Supporting playing ball, accommodating these lunatics of Davos who want to become God. Well, well guess what? What they've forgotten, <laughs> to their detriment and the detriment of their cause, they've forgotten one very important thing, haven't they? <laughs> the people that they're trying to subjugate and enslave and imprison are sons and daughters of God already, and we have not forgotten that. And that makes us powerful makes us impervious to your entire agenda. We're not falling for it. Our thoughts will stay our own. Thanks be to God. God has made us in his image and likeness. God has made us human. George Orwell, in 1984, he said, if you can feel that staying human is worthwhile, even when it can't have any result whatsoever, you've beaten them. See, that's what we're going to do. We're going to beat them. Humanity will win in the end because God wins in the end. And we see it already happening. Demand for that mRNA vaccine has collapsed, collapsed worldwide. We did a show about this last week. Where is the, whatever happened to the pandemic of the, of the unvaccinated? We're supposed to still get vaccinated. No, because it's collapsed. They're just trying to be very quiet and tiptoe away from it right now. It didn't work. People have gone back to life. People can only be terrified for so long. You see, there's migration of people moving out of these insane blue states, trying to find sanctuary in the red states where people are still sane. And you know what? Where people, where government, politicians are still human. Thank you, Governor, for your leadership. It's an honor to be here in the district that I represent, District 45. Um, you know, let it be known across this great nation that here in the free state of Florida, it is we the people, not woke corporations. They have turned Disney into this corporate PR arm of a small group of extremists who want to indoctrinate our children with radical gender ideologies that have no basis in science, common sense, or basic human decency. You are not in the business of social re-engineering or promoting radical political ideologies. And if you think you are, we have good news for you. As our great governor has said, Florida is the place where woke 
goes to die. Now we see even culturally, we can see a certain a longing, a hungering for the way things used to be. Somebody sent me a video that I just for some reason felt was a good way to, to sort of make this point tonight. It's a young, a young woman. I have no idea what her politics are. I am, is. I'm not endorsing her. She had a song in appreciation about family, about mother and father, that absolutely launched this girl into the stratosphere. The song was such a huge hit, in fact, millions and millions and millions of view, views that just last year, even though there's an all-out war against the traditional family going on right now in this country and around the world, even though, and despite that, millions more then tuned in to see this young girl sing her song to her father live for the first time. If he lives up to my father, maybe he could teach our daughter. What it takes to love a queen She should know she's royalty I need a man who's patient and kind Gets out of the car and holds the door I wanna slow dance in the living room like We're 18 and senior prom and grow Oh, with someone who makes me feel young I need a man who loves me like My father I'm not recommending this kid, so please don't fill the box with comments and something else she's saying. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the tears. I'm talking about the tears in the eyes of those three people during that song about fatherhood and family and love and humanity. That's what matters. You know why it matters? <laughs> because that's precisely the stuff for which the lunatics of Davos have absolutely no answer. Now think about it, how easy it should be for us to defeat these people. Just walk away, walk away from them, ignore them, pay no attention to them, defeat them by undermining and being apathetic to their pathetic revolution. They have nothing. They have nothing but robots and rockets and tyranny and cold-heartedness, nothing, friends. And we have the stuff that built and then sustained the world, the most powerful civilization in history, most beautiful civilization in history for thousands of years. We have those, they're still here. They can't take them away from us ever. I'm talking about God and family. I'm talking about mother and father. I'm talking about sons and daughters. I'm talking about family. I'm talking about humanity. I'm talking about the divinity of God. With all that, we can afford so easily to say to these people, to hell with your robots, to hell with your artificial intelligence, to hell with your great reset. Let the world blow up. It doesn't matter because it's God's world to do with what he will, to let it burn or to save it. It's up to him. Our job is simple. Stay human. Love God. Don't be afraid to have lots of children because they hate children. And keep the faith no matter what. Do that and they lose, you win.